Welcome to the Run Back to Jesus podcast, where we are going to let go of all the weights holding us down and run the race God designed us for. Our family just got back from a little extended travel and we had some beautiful time down south. I finished up my last week working as a nurse practitioner with my travel contract down there and then we spent a week with family in Florida and it was just a really beautiful time to slow down, to enjoy God's creation, reflect on his goodness and his faithfulness and make some beautiful family memories. And it was a little bit of an unusual week in Florida. There was a lot of clouds that filled the sky and the one thing that I really missed from that was those beautiful sunsets. You know, those ones where you go down and it's literally like the whole beach is lined with people just waiting to see it. And we were getting towards our last night and it was actually looking pretty good that night for a really good sunset. So we walked out and wouldn't you know it, there was just this line of clouds right at the horizon. So we watched until the sun had got right into those clouds. And then it just kind of got gray and I knew it just had a little bit more to go. So I went in, I was with the kids, figured that's that. Well, my dad had stayed and was watching and a few minutes later said, wow, look at all the colors in the sky. And so I got up and it was just one of these sunsets that just stops you in your track. The sky was so beautiful. There were so many oranges and pinks and the reflection in the clouds was just absolutely beautiful. I have a video of it on my Instagram if you want to go look at it and see it. It was beautiful. And it was just this moment of thinking, man, even after the sun had gone down, even with a sky filled with clouds, God wasn't finished yet. And I think there are are so many of us who need that reminder today. Even though it seems like the sun is set, even though there has been clouds in your sky, God's not finished yet. Maybe you stepped away from something that you were working on or something you thought was going to be beautiful because a cloud got in your way. And so you just, you just threw in the towel. Perhaps it was like going out on a limb to try something new. And that first time that cloud came, you retreated back to where you were and you didn't get back up and and you missed it. Or some of us are sitting in a season of darkness, just wondering when we're going to see the sun again, or is it even possible? Maybe the clouds in your sky right now are a financial stress or a burden. Some people are going through suffering loss of a career, a relationship. Maybe you don't even know that you're in the darkness or how you got there. Maybe you're just kind of going through life, through the motions, not seeing the beauty in life, and you don't even know what you're missing. When you live in Ohio, this and maybe somewhere else, if this happens to you in other places, you'll have to let me know. But this literally happens to me every winter. You can go weeks, sometimes without months, without really seeing a nice sunny day and feeling the warmth of the sun. And so you just go through your day and little by little, it just starts to wear on you. You're tired. You lose your motivation. You lose your energy. You get a little grouchy. There's actually a name for it. It's called seasonal affective disorder. And I for sure (laughs) suffer from it. And it just kind of happens gradually. So you don't even really realize how far you've gone until... There's one day where you suddenly realize, holy moly, I have been in the dark. And that is the very first warm and sunny day. You walk outside, you feel it. You all of a sudden have energy to do things you didn't have energy to do in the last couple of months. And it is just fuel in your soul. That day where light is introduced into your darkness. It's a beautiful thing. And it's just like all of this energy comes from nowhere. And this can happen in our spiritual journey too. Maybe you didn't even know how you got to this place of faith. You don't know what's 
missing and it's just gotten a little dark. It's gotten a little cloudy. You're still going through the day, but it's not filled with the joy that you once had. But you know what was so cool about this sunset that we watched and really any sunset? It's that moment where the light intersects with the dark, that it becomes so beautiful. In John chapter eight, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And Jesus is our light. And when we insert him into whatever darkness we're walking through, man, there are some beautiful things that can emerge. And when I look back on my journey, it is, it's a beautiful moment when you, when you're, in this place that would have consumed you before. It's a dark moment. It's clouds in your life. But for whatever reason, Holy Spirit, that's pretty much always the reason, you insert Jesus into that. And the darkness doesn't overcome you like it would. And you actually have this weird sense of peace in a moment that would have completely taken you out before. And I'll give you a couple of tactical things for this in a minute, how to do it. But what I just am reminded of, of how beautiful it is when you're walking in darkness and you insert Jesus into that darkness. And that doesn't mean that everything becomes sunshine and rainbows. You still may have struggles in it. And just like when the sunset goes, you know that eventually it's going to get dark, but you also have the hope that it's going to rise again. And when you're walking with Jesus, even when you're in the darkness, you have everything you need. Psalm 23 says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. God just isn't with us in the bright, shiny moments on top. He's with us even in our darkest valleys and his light in the darkest valley can be just enough energy to go one step at a time, or it could be that complete fuel for our soul that we need to get through it and get to the other side. The other thing that the sunset reminded me was that when clouds have taken over your life and maybe you've missed the sun go down, maybe you've missed what you thought was that picture perfect sunset or sunrise, whatever that may be in your life. God's not finished yet. And I was thinking through all kinds of different stories in scripture. And I'm like, this is a story over and over again. It gets dark. It gets cloudy to the point where most people wouldn't have hope. But God's not finished yet. And when you stay with him and you keep your eyes on him, you will see the beauty of the sunset when it's God's time. People we've already talked about, we've talked about the Israelites when they were leaving Egypt, they're escaping from Egypt and all of a sudden they find themselves up against the Red Sea, nowhere to go. Talk about darkness coming into your life, but God wasn't finished yet. He parts the sea and they're able to walk through the sea and escape from the Egyptians. Jehoshaphat, we talked about him and being surrounded by three different armies and God going to battle for him. Peter, he went through some dark moments, sinking when he got out of the boat and was walking on the water, denying Jesus three times during Jesus's persecution. And yet God wasn't finished yet. He still had a story and a role for Peter in the early church. The woman at the well. She was an outcast. She made a bunch of mistakes. She got herself into the darkness and she may have thought, I don't know if I'll ever see the light again, but Jesus came and Jesus was her light in her life. Lazarus being dead and family completely devastated and Lazarus in the darkness and Jesus comes and brings light. Every story has darkness. Every story has moments where it gets dark, but the thing that makes the difference is the light and the light is Jesus. 
Abraham was one that really stood out to me when I was thinking of stories of darkness. Abraham had a moment of light. God tells him in Genesis 15 that he's going to have all of these descendants and all of these children. And Abraham then goes through life and him and his wife cannot have children and they're advancing in age. Talk about a darkness, not being able to have children, especially when God told you you were going to have children. And so him and his wife try and take matters in their own hands. And so Abraham's wife says, well, why don't you go sleep with my slave? Maybe this is how we're supposed to fulfill God's plan. Don't you notice that sometimes when we take matters into our own hands, like that's how we end up in the darkness. And this did result in some darkness for them. The slave was able to get pregnant. And then the slave despises Abraham's wife. And Abraham's wife says, you're responsible for the wrong I am suffering. I put my slave in your arms. And now that she knows she is pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. And Abram was 86 years old when all of this happened. And he lived in this season until he was 99. So 13 years of being in this. Sometimes I can't wait 13 minutes, let alone 13 hours or 13 days. 13 years of sitting and waiting. But God wasn't finished yet. He came through when Abraham was 99 years old and makes a covenant with him and tells him that his wife, who he'll now call Sarah, will bear a child. And Moses laughs. Sarah laughs. They're like, really, we're this old. How are we going to have children? But if you read and you go a little bit further, they are. They have a child and they name him Isaac. And I feel sometimes we get to this point too, where it's like, okay, it's just too far gone. It's impossible. It's not going to happen. And God reminds us here that nothing's impossible with him. When he makes a promise, he is faithful. You will not find a single place in scripture where God is not faithful and does not come through on his promises. And this can be a story to remind you of that. So they have this child. They sit in the moment of the light. They have this child named Isaac, but it's not done yet. And if you notice a lot of these stories, all of our stories are going to have moments of being in the sun and moments of darkness. It's just like the life that we live. The sun comes up, the sun goes down. There are rhythms in our life where we are sitting in the sun and things are going well. And there are moments where darkness comes because the story's not over yet. They have this child, this miracle child at a hundred years old. And then what happens? God asks Abraham to sacrifice this son to him. And man, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how I would have been in that situation. I can tell you it's hard if you think of maybe God's asked you to sacrifice something in your life. Maybe it's a possession. Maybe it's a career calling. I mean, I know for me, those things are hard, let alone a child that I had waited so long for. And now God's like, offer him to me and give him up as a sacrifice. But the beautiful thing is Abraham had been walking with God. And Abraham had a faith in God that if God said to do it, he knew that God was going to come through and that God had a plan. And so Abraham goes through the process. He's going to take his son up a mountain and he's going to sacrifice him. And Isaac's kind of confused. And in Genesis 22, 8 kind of says like, what's going on here? And Abraham says, God will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. So he's going through it all. And God calls out and tells him not to hurt his son. And he gives him a ram that is sacrificed and said. And so Abraham called this place, the Lord will provide. And maybe that is just what you need to remember today, that the Lord will provide. No matter how dark it seems, no matter how crazy this position that you're in, if you are faithful to what God is calling you to, he will 
provide. Abraham's story is really just a foreshadowing of God's sacrifice of his child. We just walked through Easter, the story where literally the light of the world had gone out. Jesus was crucified on the cross. It got dark. God's one and only son sacrifices a perfect lamb. And and I kind of pull myself back to how Abraham had to have felt with sacrificing Isaac. Like when I put myself into that shoe, I am just thinking, I don't know how he did it. God felt that as he sacrificed Jesus for us and the world got dark. Jesus was on the cross. He was killed. The disciples are all hidden in a room. If I'm a disciple hidden in the room, I'm probably wondering what's going on. Definitely would have felt dark, but again, God wasn't finished yet. He knew the plan. He knew what was fulfilled even when the world turned dark and Jesus raised from the dead and fulfilled what he came to do. So this is just, again, a reminder when it seems dark in our eyes, when the lights of the world go out, Jesus's light doesn't. He's the one who knows how the story ends. He's the one who can put it all together in an eternal perspective where he knows that like we see in Romans 8, 28, that all things In all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And we can remember that in Psalm 23, even when we are in the darkest of valleys, he's with us. And I I know these things can be encouraging, but then it's also to the point of, okay, when I find myself here, I, I, I need something more. What do I do? I want this light into this dark that I'm feeling. How do I insert it? And again, disclaimer, if you are struggling with something that's consuming your life, please, please, please get professional help. This is not a replacement for that. But if you are in that place where something is just weighing in on your life, And it's dark. And I know for me, a lot of times this happens at night. You wake up in the middle of the night or you just can't get yourself to bed and you just lay and you are just tossing and turning. And it's the conversations either replaying through your head over and over again. Oh, I should have said this or I should have said that. Or the circumstances just going through your head and you're just spiraling and you're going into all the worst case scenarios. The literal darkness of the night is one of the places where I find myself in this moment more often than not. And the enemy loves this moment. He loves this moment when we're alone with our thoughts and he can tell us anything he darn well pleases in this moment. All those negative thought spirals, those are from him, not God. All those replaying of the conversations and what if scenarios in your head, those are from him, not God. And the enemy wants to keep us here as long as we can. He wants to keep us in this spiral that's creating this vortex around us that doesn't let us see the light of God. But Psalm 42, 8 says, at night, his song is with me. Job 35 says, our God gives song in the night. And I can tell you the only thing that I have found in my life that works to get me out of the spirals in the middle of the night is Jesus. A lot of times for me, it's a sermon that seems to help me, but it doesn't even have to be that far. A song of praise, a song of worship to turn our worry, our fear into worship is something that can break that spiral. Someone who faced a lot of episodes of darkness in his life was Paul. He first started persecuting Christians and his world was dark and he didn't even realize it because he thought he was doing a good thing. Then Jesus literally put him in the dark and made him blind. So he walked through darkness there. He regains his sight. He goes on preaching and it's just wave after wave of period of trial and darkness for Paul. He was shipwrecked. He was imprisoned. But Paul knew how to overcome it. And I think Paul gives us some really good tactical advice with what he does in Acts chapter 16. 
So in Acts 16, Paul is beaten. He's stripped down. His friend Silas is with him and they're thrown into prison. And it says about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Beat down. They are stripped and thrown into jail. At midnight, they're not up complaining. They're not fearful. They're not grumbling. They are praying and singing songs of praise to God. And that's what we can insert into that. I had a night where I was just some things on my mind, nothing too crazy, but I was just kind of mad. And I just kind of went to God and I told him what was on my heart. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I need your help. And as, as clear as I could have heard it, it wasn't an audible voice, but I just felt sing a song of praise to me. And the first thing that came into my mind was a song, I Raise a Hallelujah. I've heard the song before. It's a really good song. The only problem was I could only think of the first line. It was, I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. And so thankfully, I have a phone and I pulled out my phone and I started playing it. And as I started playing it, it was just stopping me in my tracks. It talked about how our melody is a weapon that in the presence of the storm, you're just going to sing songs of praise louder and louder and watch the darkness flee. (laughs) And what a beautiful song that was to play on repeat and get me out of that spiral. And this is our battle that in the middle of the storm, we find a way to sing a song of praise to God and pray and be with him. In that moment that I did that, it took and made my situation, which I was making everything about me as I spiraled and as I was mad and turned it through worship to make it everything about God. (laughs) And that's exactly what I needed to redirect and refocus. That moment took darkness and inserted light into it. And so this is the reminder of the sunset for me. Even if you feel like the light has gone out, The clouds are shattering your view of God. God's not finished yet. The most beautiful experiences in life can happen when we insert light into darkness. Jesus is that light and he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. And life can be filled with warm moments in the sun, but there will also be dark moments too. And in those moments, if we can just find a way to redirect our attention to Jesus and insert a song of praise and remember who we're singing to, we'll find the weapons that we need. And remember Psalm 30, verse 5, that says, Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. The sun goes down at night. We may walk through a season of darkness, but in the morning, the sun rises and Jesus is our light. He is the light of the world. So we don't have to walk in darkness. I pray that if you are in a moment like that, that you will find the help you need and that you will somehow turn your direction to Jesus because that is the thing that at least has helped me, has helped me in those moments where it felt like everything was crashing in and where I was making it all about me. And instead of keeping it me, I directed it to him and in directing it to him, I found everything I needed because I found him. Let's end today in prayer. Dear Jesus, Thank you so much for always being a light. Thank you for being the light that pulls me out of darkness. Thank you for being the light that walks with me through the darkness. Jesus, I want to focus my energy to you. I want to sing a song of praise to you right now for your goodness. I want to thank you. And Jesus, I just want to connect with you in this moment and let 
your light infiltrate the areas of dark in my life. Jesus, thank you for being with me, for being on this journey, and for never leaving me, even in the moments where I've, I've blocked you out. Jesus, I thank you. I am so thankful to be here with you. Help me to sit and feel the presence of your light today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for being here today. It's always an honor to share. Please don't forget that in the show notes, we have some journal prompts for you. We've got our prayer and workouts that are on Saturdays. They are free if you join live and some other resources for you just to help you on your journey. Thanks, and we'll see you again next.